Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. This is probably my favorite Buffy episode of the whole series. And Jay Newcastle. I mean, seriously. Okay, I got real problems. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And we're here to talk about Season 5, Episode 18, Intervention, written by Jane Espenson. Giles takes Buffy to the desert to search for answers about being a slayer after Buffy reveals she's afraid being a slayer is making her cold to her emotions. Meanwhile, the robot version of Buffy, ordered by Spike in I Was Made to Love You, is complete and Spike enjoys his new toy. Oh, he does. <laughs> Glory sends her minions out to find someone new and important in the Slayer's life, hoping to flush out the key. Buffy's friends witness Spike and the Buffy robot, not knowing it's not the real Buffy, and rightly are concerned for her mental well-being. <laughs> As am I. <laughs> after, <laughs> after seeing the robot protect Spike from a vampire attack, Glory's minions are likewise fooled and kidnap Spike, thinking he is the key. The real Buffy returns in time to help in a rescue attempt to get or maybe kill Spike before he can tell Glory that Dawn is the key. Spike stands torture and refuses to tell Glory. A fight breaks out in Glory's condo where the minions are defeated and the robot is deactivated. Afterwards, the real Buffy impersonates the robot to find out for sure Spike revealed Dawn's secret to Glory. Spike admits he would never do anything to hurt Dawn or Buffy, which impresses Buffy, and she slaps him with a nice little kiss. And that is the plot summary for episode five or episode eighteen, Intervention J. Oh, the Buffy bot. <sighs> it's it had to come. It was time. I guess. Well, let's just deal with it here. Okay. <laughs> let's just talk about it. Um, I'll say this. I have memories of the Buffy bot that I think are tainted from future episodes, not in this season. And I had forgotten, honestly, Brian, how kind of cool it is, how well they use it here as a plot device mm -hmm. and as a an acting thing for Sarah Michelle Gellar to give her something different to do. I mean, I, I don't know. It's not as annoying as I thought. I mean, it if, if Spike's going to have some unhealthy obsession with Buffy, you know, it might as well be a robot. So, you know, yeah, I can go with that. I mean, it's it's fun. It's uh, it's not as um, annoying or offensive as maybe I thought it was going to be. Um, but it also I think it does reveal something about Spike is that he's a real misogynistic human. If we didn't already know that anyway, I mean, he's a real misogynistic person. And this certainly brings out the uh, worst in him. I like the Buffy bot. I liked it from uh, my past viewings of it too, and I because it's funny. I like the <laughs> a, the uh, April bot because it's funny. Uh, you have to let go and just enjoy the fact that you have this robot who's Buffy and she acts all quirky. And the best part is is that nobody realizes it's not even Buffy. Uh, and yeah, I they think just think it's hilarious. Buffy. They just think Buffy's stressed out. And I got to say this, you know, Warren is a really good programmer and stuff. Clearly, he's got a lot of skills. But 
whatever was in that box that Spike gave him, that's some pretty detailed notes. I mean, that thing knew stuff well, that yeah. it shouldn't have known. I was like, that was impressive. He, he did some good intel. That, it knew stuff that Warren shouldn't have known. That's well, this is true. This is true. But so, I had to remind myself because at first I was rejecting it because of that. And then I remembered, wait a minute, Spike gave him all the stuff. So you would just assume that Spike had filled him in on all this. I, apparently, Spike had copious notes on Buffy. <laughs> but um, yeah, all of her habits. Well, and um, we, we know that uh, we know that Spike is an avid writer from previous episodes. So, I mean, it's possible, I guess, that he would have that much detail. But I agree. And from my recollection, Warren didn't really go to school at Sunnydale. He was no. He was the one who went to a different school. So he wouldn't have known Buffy that way. So, yeah, it leads to believe that Spike turned over all this very important private information about Buffy to get his Buffy bot perfect. Yeah, and it's a good perfect. I mean, the thing can fight. Um, it can... Make love, it can be quippy, and like you said, it's quirky and weird, you know? I mean, that's really yeah. the only way to describe it. It's it's Buffy on, like, speed. My favorite <laughs> you know? my favorite Buffy bot moment is when uh, someone mentions Angel, and she basically calls him something, and bloody something. And he, she just yeah, she, she says, Angel. Uh, yeah, Angel, Angel's hair sticks up funny, and he's bloody boring. I mean, she says things yes. that Spike would say about it's Angel. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, and I mean that's why I found that to be really cute. And she also calls out like the most, you know, the most obvious character traits about everyone. You're a willow. You're recently gay. Yes, you know? <laughs> I love like that. that. That's great stuff. I I I find the Buffy bot very in this episode at least very entertaining because it's just I can't funny say to this, think about. I think another reason I, that I'm liking it as well too, Brian, is it's a nice bit of comic relief after what has been some really mm. heavy episodes. I mean, Absolutely. The last two were really draining in a lot of ways emotionally, even though we both really liked him and gave him a strong pass. Uh, you know, those were tough to get through. It's nice to have a little levity, a little fun again on the show because it was getting heavy and it's only going to get heavier. I mean, you know that at some point, Glory and the Key and all that's going to come to roost and we're going to figure out what that's about. So I I like that it was a, a bit of comic relief. And we don't get to see Sarah Michelle Geller do just, I mean, straight slapstick. You know, that's what this is, and that's it's well done. It is. It's very well done, and this episode has got a lot of good humor in it um, from all sides. I mean, even the minions have some great lines in this one, which we'll get to a little later. But uh, I, I, I thought it was fun. The Buffy Bot, it is what it is. I mean, the reasons for the Buffy Bot being there, not the greatest in the world, but just... Some of the the interactions are absolutely hilarious. When she's out slaying, she she's made love to Spike, and Spike's half asleep, and she's gets up and she's programmed to just suddenly go out at night and slay. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I know. I like again. That's another reason that obviously Spike had filled Warren in on this is what Buffy does, and this is what yeah. I want the Buffy bot to do. I want it to, to, you know, knock me out with love and then go do the job. So. Uh, which I thought was amazing. So, yeah, I thought so too. I was, why would you program her to go slay unless she was going to be a slaying partner for him? I don't know. Well, I don't know unless I mean you know you also got to think um, it must be pretty good because he's a creature of the night and she you know puts him to sleep <laughs> after their session because it's still nighttime when she's out there slaying. So I'm like, man, Warren knows how to program him. I mean, he's clearly. <laughs> Something. He spent a lot of time perfecting it, I'm sure, because the first one was for who? Him. Right? Gotta make it right. 
This is true. He would know <laughs> what, what to do. You're right. So, But um, okay, I'm fine with the Buffy bot too. But there's more important stuff going on here too, Brian. Buffy, conv- the real Buffy, confides in Giles that she feels like being a slayer is making her cold. You know, she she references the fact that, you know, she knows she drove Riley away and everything that's been going on after, you know, her mom and everything else. And she is just afraid she's losing touch with it and she doesn't want to. And so here's the the big question I have. So he says, well, you can go on a quest and there's this place out in the desert where you can go do it. And I was like, wait a minute. So this place out in the desert that we've never heard of before, there's never been a Slayer in Sunnydale before, but now magically there's this place in the desert where this can go happen. That seemed a little convenient. It did, but we've seen that desert before. Yeah. We've been in that desert In before. the dream world. That's right. And yes. The, the so only redeemable think, thing from season four. That's where we've seen that. So Yes, but it's kind of neat to all of a sudden bring that whole set back yeah. because that's the only time we saw it was it wasn't reality before, but Buffy's been there. And I like that she calls that out. She says, I know you. I've seen yeah, you and not only the set, Brian, the character, the primitive, the original Slayer. You know, the mm-hmm. we bring her back. And, you know, that's just more proof to me that season four, it wasn't some, you know, dream or whatever that really did happen. But I like that she has this whole commune and conversation with that, that Slayer. And, you know, as you would expect, the answers are very cryptic. And Buffy's like, huh, what? And she doesn't get it. But that line, death is your gift. You know, she, she's trying to figure that out. I, I loved all of that. I thought that was really cool. I did, too. And I really like the fact that after she mentions that death is the gift and Buffy's trying to get more out of her, she says, your question has been answered and leaves. Yeah. And, then, and then it's over. I thought it was really a neat scene and, and, and cool. And, you know, that whole episode from season four was also very cryptic. Yes. Correct? Yes, it was. And uh, it's foreshadowing things in the future. It basically foretold... Uh, Don's coming uh, in this season, and now we're foretelling um, something else that will happen in the season as well. She's she's basically saying, "Hey, here's your clues. You figure mm-hmm. it out." And I thought that was neat. Oh, yeah, it's very neat. And it's it as is often the case. There's no magical place to go get the one answer. You get the answer, and then you have to go figure it out. And that that's also yeah. metaphorical for this time in your life. You know, you're transitioning from being an adolescent to a young adult and particularly somebody like Buffy who's thrust into now she must really be an adult. Right. You know, th- sh- there are no clear answers. Here's what we know. Go figure it out. And you know, she's got to go figure out what her purpose is. And that's really what this is about. Right. Is what is my purpose? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. How can I hold on to my humanity? I mean, gosh, Brian, how many times have we talked about that that is a, a, you know, one of the strongest character traits of the Buffy character is how much she tries to remain just a normal girl, a normal human, you know, and everything in spite of everything that she knows, everything that she does, she still holds on to that. And uh, it's good to see that she's still hanging on to the last thread of that while she can. And she should, you know, I mean, what else would there be to live for? So it makes sense to me. Um, we, I think, you know, we talked a little bit about Buffybot already and got in there. There's one more thing I, I think was funny. When they actually find out that Buffy bots the robot, obviously, because Buffy shows up as they're getting supplies and they're, they're confused. And she says, I can't believe you didn't, uh, know I was n- not her. I, that was a robot and it gets in that. But my favorite part about that was when, uh, Giles goes up to her and she calls him Giles. 
and he gets pissed off that Spike didn't program his name properly. <laughs> he didn't even bother. Yeah, that yeah, that awesome. that is great. So, and then Buffy <laughs> slips and does it anyway. You know, which is that is funny. So, yeah. The other big big stuff and a big big part of this episode is Glory finding this key. Oh yeah. And we talked about how Spike was kidnapped in the plot summary. Basically, they have been following all of Buffy's friends to find out who's new in the clan, who is most the closest one to Buffy. And, of course, they happen to be there when Buffy and Spike are getting it on in the graveyard. The Buffy bot. We're seeing the by, Buffy bot and Spike. Right, but, well, well, yes, but still. And Buffy and Spike are getting it on in the graveyard, and Xander and Anya witnesses, but also the minion witnesses. Is, so he thinks because they're so close <laughs> that that uh, means that he's the key and brings him to Glory. And Glory, of course, just is like, uh, this guy cannot be a key. He's a vampire, and the key is pure. So. This is just uh, fascinating to me because uh, they're looking for someone new in the life. And so they don't realize, obviously, that Dawn is new, correct? Because they assume she's 14 years old. She's been with her for 14 right, years. Right. As everyone else did. So that makes sense that they wouldn't find that. But pure. Um, and looking at all the people around Buffy, it's, to me, quite obvious which one would be the most likely to be pure. Um, and so to not pull that out kind of surprises me. I it doesn't me because I think that it just shows the strength of the the monk's magic that it's so good it can even fool these people and you know glory reveals something about the key there that we've wondered for a while is it evil is it good is it whatever and what we learn about it is that it's really benign it's just pure you know whatever it is it's, it's pure and so in other words it's not corrupted nor is it corruptible you know it, it's so we still don't know what its purpose is what she wants with it exactly but she revealed something about it there and i like that you know it, and it starts to make sense why they put it in dawn too but i love how she doesn't you know spike's like okay i'll just let myself out and she's like oh, i don't think so you know and she beats the living hell out of him i mean i've seen spike look pretty bad after some stuff i mean he takes a beating from her and well, she even sticks his, her finger in his, yeah. in his uh, chest and pushes through. Oh, yeah. She really whoops the crap out of him. And to the point where he says, okay, I'll give you the name. And I love it. He, he, <laughs> it's the old man on the prices, right? And my, f my favorite line of this whole episode is, is when Jinx says, Bob Barker. Oh. We will bring you the limp and battered body of Bob Barker. <laughs> it's just a great line. It makes you wonder if someone had a thing against Bob Barker. <laughs> I, probably just another one of those things, the writer's room, you know, always being hip and pop culture referencing. Uh, I, I'm sure that's what it was. But it is funny. I, that was a good line. So. And then what about the I end fight? It. You know, the, the it goes down pretty quick down in, in Glory's uh, place. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it does. And it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, they basically come to well buffy's there to kill spike mm -hmm. but they end up rescuing him instead and uh he gets away basically by falling into an elevator shaft to get out of there <laughs> yeah. which yeah, you can't blame him the guy is pretty well beaten the crap and yeah. his only escape is to open an elevator shaft and just fall mm -hmm. you know it's not going to kill him unless he obviously hits something sharp and his head falls off but that's not going to happen and then they can't come after him and he gets out of there and then the fight does it doesn't last long because I think Glory's more worried about getting the key than she is about beating the crap out of Buffy at that time. Right. And so her her focus is not to kick kick Buffy's butt, but to chase after Spike and get him back there because he knows who the key is and she had him close to telling 
right? She or she thinks she had him close to telling her who it was. So um, I liked it. I thought it was a good scene. It, it was it wasn't long. It was nice and short, but it was poignant enough to get us uh, a good glimpse at what's coming. I think right. And then we do get the end where where Buffy, you know, has the robot deactivated and Buffy dresses up like the robot and goes and impersonates it to make sure Spike didn't give it up. And mm-hmm. what he says there and the way that goes down and how, what well, really the thing that gets me is when Buffy's walking away and she turns around and she's like, well, you did for me and my family. I'll never, never forget that. You know, that, that will always, you know, that means a lot that I'll never forget that. And I was like, that was a big moment for her with him because yeah. I mean, I felt like at many times Buffy should and could stake him and be done with this, you know? Correct. And I almost thought, I remember seeing this when it first came out, Brian, I thought this was going to be the episode where Spike dies. You know, I was like, they're going to, they're going to do something to really yank us here. They're going to kill Spike. It's going to be, you know, whatever. But of course they don't do that. But I, you know, I kept waiting for that to happen. And I like this moment that they have at the end. And I've, I've gone on record. I'm not a fan of the relationship Buffy and Spike, you know, build to or whatever, Spuffy and such. But I do like this and the fact that she has enough respect for him to, basically call herself out and call it out. I agree. You know, I don't think they could have killed Spike at this point because <laughs> Joyce had just died and it was just been a little too much. But but I agree that uh, it's nice that Buffy gave him some credit uh, because he didn't do that to impress her. He didn't do that for selfish reasons. He did that because he genuinely, genuinely cares about her and her family. And I think that's a, a very poignant moment in his character as it relates to his relationship with Buffy going forward. I agree. Well, Jay, I think we're at the point in the podcast now where we give our dustings rating. So what is your dustings rating for season five, episode 18 intervention? I like this episode a lot, Brian. I think it's, it's well paced. Um, it, everything that happens in it, you know, there's a lot of comedy, like we've said to balance off the serious stuff. I like the glory sort of subplot, if you will, that's really the A plot that's play and B plot in this episode. I think it's all done well. And I like that moment at the end too. So I'm going to give it a three dustings. I think it's a good, strong three dusting episode. Good fun one. And uh, certainly setting us up for uh, a grand home stretch here with the last four. I'm going to agree with you on the three dustings as well. I I thought about giving it four, but I don't think it warrants that high of a rating. Um, It's a little quirky for that and but i did enjoy it i laughed a lot during this episode which is always good and uh like you i I didn't think the buffy bot was as annoying as she she may be remembered and and it was actually fun to just go with it and and enjoy the episode for what it was so i'm with you it's a three dustings for me as well all right Folks, thanks for, so much for joining us on this latest episode of The Art of Slaying. You can find more episodes in the archive section of our website, theartofslaying.com. You can also find links to our Twitter and Facebook pages. Brian, we got something special going on on Facebook. Tell the folks about it. Well, we're asking you to pick out what movie we're going to do as our Season 5 Extra. As we've mentioned before, and as you know, we do an extra after every season of Buffy that ties back to the characters on the show at the time or something related to that. Um, so we're, we've put out five options for you to choose from on what you would like to see us review as the Season 5 Extra. Uh, those five options, Jay, what are those? Well, you got Simply Irresistible, starring Sarah 
Rochelle Geller. You've got Beyond the Limits or Rip It Off, depending on what country you're in, starring Allison Hannigan. You've got Pinata Survival Island starring Nicholas Brendan. Darkness Falls starring Emma Caulfield or Black Christmas starring Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah, so you can go to our, our Facebook page, which is just facebook.com slash The Art of Slang, or search for The Art of Slang podcast on there. And uh, it should be right at the top. You can click on it. We'll have that available to you throughout the rest of this season. And once Season 5 comes to a close, we'll go ahead and tally the results. And whoever has the most votes at the end of that time will be chosen. And we'll do a review on that for our film strip and our Season 5 Extra podcasts. Indeed, going to be a lot of fun. We really enjoy interacting with you folks, so let us know what you want us to review, and we will certainly do it. Let us know what you think of the episode. Leave us a review on iTunes, too, folks. This helps us spread the word about the podcast. We do appreciate your support. Till next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to The Art of Slaying. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Grr, argh.